Welcome back to the Gymnasio Podcast. Michael Hughes here, founder, uh, I guess owner, part owner with Kalina Ruskin, movement specialist, rockstar FCC specialist. And uh, I think we need to get nicknames now for all of us after hearing the last few podcasts. So, um, yeah, a little jealous about the transverse plane tiger. (laughs) But here talking about behavioral science. And the behavioral science is one of those soft skills that even before this podcast, we were starting just kind of getting ourselves warmed up for it. It's the art. It's the soft side of training. And in this podcast, we're going to dive into so much of the benefits and not just in this facility as we'll talk about in our own personal lives and our relationships but why training someone the way that they want to be trained is like this holy grail of of possibility and how understanding different personality types and how your personality type is a huge asset for your training but it's also a limiting factor of your training so stay involved, dive in, really think about opening up your own mind about who you are as a personality, how you communicate, and how those communications can be very beneficial for certain clients and maybe not so much for other clients. So get ready to dive in. I'm excited about it. It's one of my favorite topics and what we believe what makes Gymnazo super unique. So let's get ready to roll. Let's do it. Welcome to the Gymnazo Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnazo has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches, this podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business to how to program for maximum results to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. All right. First thing I want to talk about is how do we incorporate behavioral training in Gymnazo? And then we think we got Gymnazo in so many different ways. We got our older clients, we have our younger clients, we have our youth athletes, we have certain sessions that are one-on-one, certain sessions that are semi-private, certain sessions that are group. So it's a big topic. I want you to dive into it, unpack it for us and for those listening. What does behavioral science mean to our training? It's everything, I think. I think it's our kind of our secret sauce, actually, mm. um, to what makes us so capable of taking a group class full of 18 people, different personality types, different ages, different skill sets, and how to have one hell of a great class mm. where people continue to come back. Um, understanding how to motivate somebody who's in their 70s versus motivating somebody who's in their 20s is very different. Uh, Or somebody who maybe was a competitive athlete versus somebody who is just there to move and feel better. It's a very different strategy that you have for each of those, whether it's transitioning from group to semi-private to one-on-one, understanding those little nitty-gritty details of how somebody wants to be coached is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tap into the soul of somebody and really relate to them or not really relate, but even just being able to understand how they process things, how they want to be motivated, that is such an asset to us as as trainers. And I, I actually like the fact that the back of our shirts say coach, mm. because 
trainer, I feel coach implies something different than necessarily than just a trainer. Like a coach, you are, you are personally invested in your client and seeing them succeed in not just their wants, but their needs as well. The whole person is, I would like to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. We're training the physical. Here's kind of how I break it down. We train someone's physical. In reality, we're just tricking them. Totally. Because we know the physical taps right into the mental, and the mental taps right into the soulful. However you want to call that spiritual inner self, you know, you're, uh, who's that guy on the shoulder in Pinocchio? Anyways, you know, that guy, <laughs> conscience. And it's really people, if you, someone came into Jermazo and we said, you know, what, we're going to tap into your soul today. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to speak to you the way that only... You know, your inner self talks to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are crazy. Right. Yeah. But I think anyone who's been in the training game long enough or any personal service game, even mm-hmm. a, a waiter and a waitress, right? Mm-hmm. It's tapping into, it's understanding who that person is so you can best feed them, serve them, approach them in the way that they kind of want to be treated. Absolutely. Right. And I kind of, you know, podcast is over right there. Boom. You know, treat people how they want to be treated, <laughs> not how you want to be treated. But and, and to understand that we're going through physical movement to change the way someone feels about themselves or thinks about themselves, and that ultimately changes the way that they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I guess the thing is, like, how do you do that? How do you do that in a group of 18 people? So uh, let's go into that one. Like, really, seriously, session. You just finished a session. Yeah. There was, I think, like 16 people plus. Yeah, I think we had 14. 14 perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Tell me about your mindset. Ah, man, preparation. Okay. I'm, I'm always about being prepared. So cool. <laughs> I look at my, my list in advance. I'm fortunate enough to have been here for almost seven years now. August will be seven years. And I know a lot of the clients. But then also I had three people that I never coached before in that session. So the first thing that I do is I walk out early, out there five minutes early on the floor so I can meet the new clients, mm-hmm. have a personal conversation with them. Hey, like, how did you find out about us? How's your body been feeling? Like, do you have any limitations? And just in that two minutes of interaction with them, based on their tone, how they talk to me, how they respond to that question, I get a pretty good understanding of their personality type. And we've done specifically work traits, which breaks the personality types into four different categories. Mm-hmm. Don't go to them yet. I won't go there yet. <laughs> I'm not going to give away everything. <laughs> But based on that interaction, I can kind of start to slide them into one of those different categories. Mm-hmm. And based Love on it. that, now I go, okay, I think I have a good idea of where to start. And I definitely know where not to start mm-hmm. with how I how I coach them and how I motivate them. So I might come by and do little check-ins, do a little, little local encouragement, you know, give them like, hey, that's looking really good. How, or I ask questions. Um, I'm a big question asker. Mm-hmm. I want to understand how somebody's feeling and not just assume. So I'll ask them questions. Um whether it's about their movement or about their lifestyle and see what they really get into. And then you kind of, you know, you get to know them in, mm-hmm. in that little bit and it helps you, helps me uh, push them or challenge them or motivate them to get through the session, you know? And then I, you said something very critical. At least it tells you where not to start. Yes. And I think as a trainer, like you just think like, I have this human being in front of me. I have endless options of, of opportunity. I know their goals, relatively speaking. I know the classes demographic goals, you know, would be hit, would be spin, would be yoga, right? At least you know what you should kind of be, be doing. Yeah. But how do you connect to that person? And at least knowing where you shouldn't go, I think that's a key, key piece. It's Absolutely. Like, that's why we do movement assessments. That's why we do goals, right? At least we know what direction 
to go somewhat. Yeah. So, you know, my, before I started getting into training, I was a youth soccer coach, coach teenage girls, <laughs> which <laughs> can be like, very challenging, right? Yeah. You have so many different personality types, just high school, junior high is hard. But the way I look at it is you have as, as a coach or even as somebody who played team sports, you know that there are teammates of yours who can handle being yelled at by the coach. Hmm. And they, they either thrive in it and they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then there's the other kid who cannot handle being yelled at by the coach and they completely shut down when they're yelled at. Maybe they need a little bit more like, something like, hey, Susie, that friggin' sucked, <laughs> you know, and calling them out in front of the whole team, that doesn't motivate them. They just shut down and it just totally turns them off and they don't want to work hard. But if you can go have a private conversation with them, hey, Susie, next time, we really want to do this instead. Mm -hmm. They appreciate that. And then they're like, okay, I can fix it. I can handle that. Mm -hmm. There's people who hate being put on the spot. Like, you, you know, if you like public speaking, everybody had to take public speaking. Most people freaking hate public speaking. Yeah. Nobody wants to be put on the spot in that situation. And the same kind of goes into group training. You know, mm -hmm. you can't just call every single person out in the middle of the session, or even if we think it's harmless, maybe correcting form to them, that might be embarrassing. Like they did it wrong. Publicly. It, publicly, yeah. right? Like you're in a whole group. Hey, Steve, do this instead. You're doing it wrong. That might just ruin his experience because now he might not, you know, you might not think it would, did any damage. It might be just a harmless, like, hey, no, I just corrected this guy. Yeah, well, that's your job. Yeah, but you corrected him out loud from across the room in front of 10 other people. He's mortified right mm -hmm. now, you know, and that just ruins their whole experience. And then if they don't come back, I mean, to be quite honest, that's that's money out your door. Mm -hmm. Like that's a another client that you just lost because of something that you was seemingly harmless that you could have addressed differently. And I would say, and it's going to be a little bit bold, but I would say most people don't continue training because they lose connection with the community, with the trainer, with the staff. Yeah. I don't think enough athletes have the um, movement intuition to know whether an Orange Theory is the right workout for them or mm -hmm. the CrossFit's the right workout for them or that homegrown mom and pop hit is the best workout for them. You know, I don't think, I hope I, the community of, of athletes out there will start to break that down and understand it more, but it's more about the connection. Yeah. Hence, it's why it's called personal training you know because it's, yeah. it's 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 flat out personal and if you don't like that trainer then you're probably not going to hang around for that long absolutely i mean i even started doing peloton mm. right and yeah. there's a variety of trainers and there's very easily the trainers that i gravitate towards mm -hmm. and it's because i like that style of coaching better not because i mean and it's different because they're not actually coaching me but you just gravitate towards different personality types. Mm -hmm. But when you have, when you are doing one-on-one -on -one or group and you interact with these people, you need to be able to interact with all personality types. Right. And right? not you, leave money on the table or have exactly. people walk out the door for, you like why they leave. I don't know. Exactly. Right. Like, just like going to a restaurant, you want a good customer service experience. Like we should be providing that same kind of level of quality customer experience to every person that walks in the door, especially if you want them to stick around because they might like the workout, but if you suck, <laughs> they're not coming back. Right. So let's go back to the session that you just had and some personal stories about how you incorporated behavioral science. It doesn't have, doesn't have to mean like, oh, this client said this, but like, oh, here's my room. My mindset was, and then dive into maybe a mistake that you made. Yeah. Yeah. So really one of the things that I pick out is if people are soft-spoken. If the, you know, you know people who are shy right away. Those are the people I'm not going to scream at them from across the room, right? I'm not, I'm not even going to scream at them up close and personal. 
they'll probably be that same, you know, I try and like match their energy. Actually, I think mm. that's a, a really good way to look at it is, all right, I'm going to match that energy. I might have a bigger smile on my face when I say it to them and have a little bit more gusto, but I'm not going to be like, drop down and give me 20, you know, <laughs> like yeah. let's yeah. freaking do this. <laughs> you know, you match, you kind of match their energy level and then you, you build from there. Or same thing. If I have somebody who's like super gung ho, like going all out balls to the walls, you're like, sweet, I'm going to match your energy level but maybe I'll like <laughs> control it, you know, Hey, let's control that movement. That looks freaking awesome. And then give them something, you know, that's constructive per se to coach, yeah. coach that session. Um, but I've definitely made mistakes, you know, calling out the same thing. Like that was a, a hard lesson learned to have a client who came in who does not like to be called out and then calling them out. And I don't mean like negatively, but just like even giving encouragement from mm -hmm. across the room, like, dude, you're frigging killing it. And then going, oh my gosh, everybody looked at me. That totally embarrassed me. Like, please don't ever do that again. I don't even want that recognition. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, because mm -hmm. you know what? I like getting yelled at from across the room. If I'm doing a good job and coach sees that and coach is like, dude, you're crushing it. You tell right. that from everybody. You're like, yeah, I am. Right. But that's just how I like to be coached. That's mm -hmm. not how they wanted to be coached. That was a that was a hard lesson learned. Yeah, actually, a session for me. If I don't hear my name, it's like ah, bummer. You know, <laughs> I guess it wasn't that cool. I wasn't going to do that good of a job because they didn't notice me. Yeah, and we're a certain personality style type that we'll dive dive into. Um, there's uh, there's a story that um, I love to share because <laughs> it's such a bad story. <laughs> it's a bad thing, but it's a big learning lesson. Is when. I had someone literally walk out of a session. Oh, heartbreak. I turned around to go coach someone else, and I turned back around, and I'm one athlete short. And I'm like, um, did they get abducted? You know, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. what happened? And I see you see that their gear's gone too. And you, it to continue on through that session was very challenging. Yeah. Because you just, in the back of your mind, you know the next drill's coming up. you got to remind this, but you're thinking, what do I do? What do I do? Should I should I text them right now? Should I call them right you know, Should I yeah. stop? <laughs> you know, to me, it's a, the, the, the heart and soul piece where you really want to connect with that person. And it's realizing that you said something a little bit off that to another person would have been totally fine. But to them, it didn't connect with the right way. And... That it's really, uh, I don't want to get into too much more because it's, it's more personal, but it's getting to the point where you have to understand that you speak like 25% of the people that hear. Yeah. And there's another 75% of people that hear things differently the way that you say it. Yep. And that's really, to me, when I heard that statistic, I know it's a, it's a, it's a number, right? It doesn't, it's not perfect. But it's like, I'm only going to basically get 25% of the clientele out there that really like me just the way that I am. Yeah. Just my, my me. And if you look at your friends, they're probably kind of like you, rel relatively speaking. Yeah, right? absolutely. And to understand that you're a coach and you want, do you only want 25% of the community's business? That's like, no. Not, you're not going to have a very big business. No, not exactly. Or very, you have a very niche way yeah. of looking at it. And that's you know, not a bad way to do it. But, you know, we obviously want to serve and help as many people as possible. So... Um, you've had a few interesting scenarios, at least recently in your, in your life uh -huh. where clients may have said something. Yes. And we can go back a few years too. We've had that. We've all had it. Um, how do you handle that now? Knowing what you know, that you're 25% and you understand the other 75% too. I mean, when the comments come at me, I still have to keep my customer service face on. I get it, but that's, 
Yeah. Right? That's yeah. a part of behavioral science. Or at least. So I, I think it has helped too because it, it's given me not necessarily a thicker skin, but a different understanding of why somebody may have said something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand their motivation behind it or their, maybe it's it's called harmless. You know, they didn't mean yeah. anything by it. I don't take it personally. Um, you know, they're trying to give their humble bit of advice that comes off as, arrogant and rude yeah <laughs> when any coach is getting married when any coach is having a child when any coach is dating somebody yeah <laughs> it just it, comes at you yeah yeah and there's it, it is out of love it is out of fun but it it's is keeping the awareness right yeah over your, i know you're going to take this comment but. yeah and so you know so you just kind of i just kind of do the smile and nod you know oh, thanks <laughs> and just move right along um you know because I don't want to have an adverse reaction that, you know, then causes them to be in distress or, or ha- again, have them walk out of a session, you know, mm-hmm. because I said something that was defensive um, based off their harmless comment or what, you know, they thought was just harmless. I don't think any, I don't think any comments that I've gotten have ever meant to be malicious, uh, but certainly can be misinterpreted right. or, or taken differently. You know, they're talking to, to themselves. I think we, you know, we talk to others the way that we would want to be talked to right. or, you know, we say things that just come off of our heads, but we have to, as coaches and trainers, you have to be able to adapt to that other 75%. It has certainly helped me understanding behavior, behavior science helped me understand clients that I typically would have struggled to coach, mm-hmm. right? Cause you have the clients that you are your ideal clients that match your personality type that like your coaching style. And then there's clients who maybe don't like your coaching style or are just trouble clients. Like as being a female in the fitness industry, dudes with egos are hard to coach. (laughs) They're really hard to coach. But when you understand some of the behavior behind it and how to still have a successful session with dudes who they're like, well, you can't bench press 275, so how can you possibly (laughs) give me me. anything helpful or coach me? (laughs) It's just like the brain surgeon says, well, I've never, (laughs) you know, how do you do 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 brain surgery? Did you... Did you have it done on yourself? It's yeah. Like, Wait a minute here. You <laughs> yeah. Know, I think I understand a little bit more, but it's those. It's the. It's that cl- type of clientele that's kind of opposing it in a way, mm-hmm. and then it's the topics of politics, religion, mm-hmm. religion, and I don't know. It goes a bit beyond that, but that kind of covers a big base. Like, how do you have a community conversation? Like, we love having a community conversation. It's actually, yeah. I think it's a very big deal. Every single warm up. Yeah. And around the holidays around those types of things, around political events. You know, we just had the elections. Mm -hmm. It's like a good solid few months where you're like, you're just on your toes. You're You're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. Um, So you start and then I'll finish. Okay. What are some of our strategies to really keep a diverse group of people on the same page? If I know like it's a politically charged environment even even currently with how people feel about covid, COVID right yeah vaccines, you know the whole thing. Yeah, yeah yeah business being open business being closed masks vaccines you know i my strategy going in is don't let anybody else talk <laughs> <laughs> have enough in my pocket that we can talk about that that doesn't even come up in a conversation so that we can kind of guide it and keep it being that positive environment because really at the end of the day we we come here to work out, you know, right. sanctuary, sanctuary, right. safe space. I, you know, and then I try and be Switzerland, like <laughs> neutral party. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. We're not here to discuss this. Well, let's get into your legs dying right now, you know, and then just move on. <laughs> we can all unify on, on yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just doing something to make fun of myself. Like, let's just draw the attention off of that and mm-hmm. move right on. Yeah. And I think it's important that a coach, when you ask a question, 
how was your weekend? Mm-hmm. And you go around, you know, because we like to we like to do questions of of the day. And if you're not a coach who does that, I think that's just a really good strategy. Just what question you're going to ask? And oh, real easy ones. How's your weekend? It's Monday morning. That's a tough answer for some people because their weekend was crap, real crap. And um, even understanding that and giving people outs, you know, because if you kind of go around the room, you're kind of forced to answer. Yeah. You know, and uh, and obviously people can just say, "Oh, my my weekend was fine," um, but I think it's most important is when you're talking about the art of training and conditioning, it's under it's having that awareness that when you ask a question, what are you trying to get out of that, and what are your outs and what are your t- tweaks in a sense? How do you play that game? So it is a positive experience because you can only have so many negative experience of a great product before it's no longer a great product yeah, for you. That's just the way it, it goes. But it's also cool that your clients will give you a bit of grace. Mm-hmm. No business is perfect. No training is perfect. No product's perfect. Even that amazing massage you always get wasn't always the best massage every time. But you're like, all right, the track record's been. So asking a question, at least I ask a question, like, how was your weekend? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give the actual answer here. And because um, it was one of those amazing answers. It was, um, it was around Pride Week here in San Luis Obispo, and uh, we had a new member, and he had a, a uh, I'm going to say it because it just kind of fits the story a little bit more, and I don't mean to upset anybody, but he had a red hat on with white lettering, and he literally said, oh, how's your weekend? He says, oh, great. I went to the, uh, the, the Pride Parade in the Mission, and I trolled for gays. <laughs> literally was his answer, 12-plus people in the session. And my heart stopped for a good, <laughs> noticeable time. And that deathly science, silence in the room. And, you know, I'm not here to judge, you know? I mean, you know, I have my own opinions in a sense, but as Switzerland, yeah. right, right, in a business <laughs> setting, you really have to say to yourself, what the heck do I say to this guy? Yeah. You know? And um, I, my answer was like, okay, move it on to the next one, you know, literally. And yeah. I asked, and I deliberately jumped to someone else. Who I know was a big talker. Yeah. You know, and then, <laughs> that was a that was a very interesting moment where you the silence and then you kind of went on to, but you know that there's a consequence to that comment. Yeah, he threw a grenade. It really did, you know, and it went off. Yeah. And you know, how do you know how people are taking that and how do you go have a great session? And then do you just let it be? Do you yeah. just let it be and hopefully or do you address it? You know, and then as a, again, as a coach. I get that. I'm sure there's other people listening that had a way worse comments than that and they had to deal with it. But it's really, you know, so we decided to, to deal with it. But how do you deal with it? And how do you have a one on one conversation with a client who you want to be a client? Yeah. And you want to have that, that, that relationship, but you have to realize that that's just not something that you go into. <laughs> so, anyways, to finish this story off, because I don't want to leave you guys hanging on it. Uh, luckily, that person we had kind of our membership, you know, kind of talk like da 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 da, and this is what we do here, and you know that session. And I, just, I didn't say anything during that session. Yeah. But I knew that I'd have an opportunity to speak with this individual, and uh, luckily, the conversation continued to go a little bit more, like you know, in this membership orientation type things. Like, gosh, this is, a, is this a good place to meet women? Because man, there's a lot of good looking women here. And I'm like, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, we really, you know, there's a lot of good looking people here, but this is, you know, we don't, Jamal's not the place. We don't really, con- you know, it's not that environment. We're just here to kind of pick up on, on people, you know, like we yeah. love community, we love talking, we love really gaining good relationships, but not that kind of vibe. And he's like, oh, okay. All right. You know, I really love it here. This is a great place. And, 
you know, luckily the conversation went on a little bit more, a few more of those kind of little questions and me yeah. reading back and the person never came back. And I'm like, yeah. Oof. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no more potential grenades. Right. You know, and anyway, so to tailor to that story, it's like, you know, how do you, how do you manage that? And my option was to, to really step in, divert and keep, and keep going. Yeah. First, I could have said, Hey, you know what? We don't, talk, you know, who are, you know, I could have been confrontational. Yeah. And you got to think, well, what's the consequences of all those things? Yeah. Okay, so that's on the community side, right? Yeah. Let's jump into the actual coaching side. Okay. You know, really talking about, let's talk about like, you know, the, the different amazing coaches out there, the, the, the John Goodwins, the Phil Jacksons, the Bob Knights, yep. right? And what kind of coach, because we can all kind of relate to the professional world and how those coaches were all amazing coaches. Yeah. But different. Winning coaches. Win- yeah, excuse me, thank you. I meant to say winning coaches. <laughs> So, um, and let's kind of break down, let's break down, uh, Bobby, you know, let's break down the yell in your face type of coach. Real Chair quick. throwing. Yeah. Mother cursing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And let's do that in the same way. And let's take different people that we know and let's break down what personality type that we think they are. Yeah. And let's name it. And then we'll kind of go into how we classify, um, personality types. Okay. The four different ones. Okay. You go for it. If I'm, if I'm breaking down Bob Knight yep. here. You got it. All right. Well, do we want to dive into the personality types first or just say... Let's do it uh, Let's do it at the same time. Okay. Okay. So Bob Knight, he, he's, a, he's a yeller. He is flamboyant. He is extravagant. He would be somebody that we would maybe call an encourager. He's out there. Spotlight's good for him. He's also probably what we would call a combination of a decision maker. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's the guy who makes all the calls. Um, and if he disagrees with you, he's definitely going to let you know about that. Um... You know, he, he's the coach that will, he, he'll swear at you, he'll grab you by your shirt, he'll throw chairs at you, <laughs> and that's his style of coaching. Um, and for some people that works, and for some people that doesn't. For, seven, for 75% of people, it probably doesn't work. Right. Um, that, I, that's how I would, I would say Bob Knight Love would it. be. Love it. So I'm going to go um, Tony Dungy. Yep. Tony Dungy, um, at least I, when I was really following him, he was with the uh, Colts, um, I don't call it soft-spoken, but certainly a person who would not yell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wouldn't. He would never say a cuss word. I remember him saying that. Like I just not. I don't go that way. And um, certainly someone who I don't want. Again, you can be a coach, and I'm gonna even. I like to kind of jump into a little bit of kind of acting here in a sense. Not me acting, but um, you go to Saving Private Ryan, and you go to Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks's char- character, the captain, right? Mm-hmm. Never seen him yell. No. In fact, that one scene where everyone's yelling guns in pe- people's faces and he's he asks a question like well what's the what, what's the the pool what's the betting pool on da, yeah. da, da, da? what's the over under and it's a simple question he could totally kind of calm down this deathly situation in, in a way that i would think tony dungy would too like everyone's freaking out he's like guys let's focus yeah and that's more the facilitator type which yeah. is more the soft-spoken doesn't mean they're not a leader by any i mean mm-hmm. obviously they are leaders but they speak in a way that is their command comes through their presence, through their um, through their way of delivering words, not just the volume at which they or the the, the power behind their words versus just the the deliverance yeah. of it. Phil Jackson, another one, All right? Another one, like he's soft spoken, but in charge. Mm-hmm. And how he could command um, one of the biggest personalities, Dennis Rodman, 
with one of the biggest skill, hard workers, we're going to work until we f fall on the ground, Michael Jordan. And then that backup person who is the best backup person I've ever experienced in, in basketball, at least in when I followed basketball, yeah. Pippen, and to let him be the number two and make that all work for, what, six, yeah. seven championships? Well, and then he did it again in L.A. Right, exactly. You know, and you got to manage Shaq and Kobe. Right. Also, two very flamboyant <laughs> athletes, right. different coaching strategies for them. Right. So do you think we can think of the fourth one? So we have decision maker, mm -hmm. the type A, yell very, very loud, very kind of upfront, encourager, mm -hmm. who is the talkative, over the top, you know, just, you can't, these are clients just like, okay, please stop talking, we've got to work out. The um, facilitator, soft-spoken, very much as part of the team, I'm here to support, I'm here to guide. And then the third one is the tracker, which is actually a little bit of both of us, a little bit more you, yeah. which is the numbers, the bean counter. Yep. He looks at everything and says, mm, I'm going to read the review on that one before I make that purchase. <laughs> Can we think of a, of a coach or, or a Hollywood character in a sense? It's a little bit more challenging. It, it is challenging. I'm, I'm going to go female coach here. Pat Summit. Awesome. Like Pat, Ooh, yeah, Pat yeah, Summit yeah. is kind of on that, that tracker decision maker uh, line for me. Mm -hmm. um, super detail oriented. Stern. The look. We would, some of us would call that resting bitch face. <laughs> But it's just yeah. our thinking face. It's just how we look. Mm -hmm. um, but not your necessarily over the top flamboyant, happy go lucky, soft spoken. A little bit more on the on the stern side, I would mm -hmm. say. Yeah, and none of us, as we define these four that we use, we're not one. Just like, and I like to use this example. If I give you a pen, you're gonna grab it with your dominant hand and write your name. Doesn't mean you can you can't grab it with your non-dominant hand and write the same name. Mm -hmm. A little more effort, a little sloppier, but you can still do it. And that's how we like to look at personality traits and how we look at communication traits is decision maker, facilitator, encourager, tracker. Um, I am a dominant of relatively three of them. I am, which is encourager, tracker, and facilitator, not in that order. I am not a decision maker. Not. So therefore, me coaching those decision makers, those type A in your face, I'm here to just crush it, da, da, da. I have to shift how I talk Yeah. immensely to match them. And if I don't, I lose them, which I've lost one before. I've lost that decision maker because I went into like the reason the why and the belief and... Too gosh, much fluff. Yeah, their hip internal rotation wasn't enough, and that run, that race they were going to run wasn't good enough, and we had to really kind of tone it down before we ramped it up, and they just wanted to crush it. Yeah which we'll talk about taking people's teddy bears away in, in a little bit. Yeah. But so what, what about you? What's your, what's your style? I'm a, I'm a split between tracker and encourager. So I'm a little bit more, um, I love the whys. I want those details, but also like to have a good time. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and, and want to be out there. So uh, my personality type is actually kind of unique because on the, on the spectrum, tracker and encouragers are kind of for in the circle. They're on opposite ends. They're on diagonals. Mm -hmm. Usually you're on like one half of the pie, but I'm, I'm opposite on, on different ends. So I think I, I'm kind of lucky in that regard because I can ebb and flow between all the personality types pretty or coach them mm -hmm. well because I think I have a little bit of perspective yeah. for each of them. But yeah. and, this, and, a, and a personal awareness too, mm -hmm. which perspective, yeah. And same thing for me. Decision makers are always the hardest to work with. Um, but... 
we're both married to one. We are. <laughs> we're both married to decision maker and Which is a whole different podcast on why you marry your opposites. Uh, yeah. um, but uh, that's, but yeah, we can go there actually. But relating is like that fills us. That's the, that completes the package. Totally. I that's how I view it. I mean, for as much as I use work traits every single day and love it and dive into personality types, I can tell you firsthand the way it has led me understand my relationship with my husband, with my family, with my friends has been mind blowing mm-hmm. because same thing, you know, you know, those little, everybody gets in little arguments and you're sitting and picking other little, yeah, little, little ones. Like there's you. always that, yeah. you, you know, they say something and you're like, Ooh, that really grinds my <laughs> gears. And, and you have the initial knee jerk reaction to like, either explode or cry or do whatever and then understanding maybe why they said that or or trying to put yourself in their shoes or understanding what motivates them, what doesn't motivate them, um, you know, or why they had a knee-jerk reaction to something that you said. Mm-hmm. My gosh, it makes it so much easier. My poor husband, he's definitely been like, I feel like you've just mind-tricked me. <laughs> Yeah. But he, you know, he's said before, I, with that decision maker type, you don't blow up at them, by the way, just a heads up. Don't yell at decision makers. It never ends well. Yeah. Cause they, they want to yell. Oh, they will yell back. They, they want will 100% yell. yell back. So yeah. my husband straight up said like, thank you for talking to me about this. Even mm-hmm. if I'm like fuming, mm-hmm. just recognizing like, okay, we can't yell because it's not going to get me anywhere. Yeah. Right. Even if, if you're pissed, but. So let's jump into the customer service side of this, this whole whole thing, right? Because when you're training, when you're training people, right? Yeah. The also session ends, and you have to go get collect money, or they want to schedule something, or they want to sign up for a new service, right? How do you manage that? So, yeah. so some here's some kind of some 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 quick hits. Training a decision maker again, predominant, and then we'll talk about how you figure out who they are, which is kind of this a, a awesome topic. Training a decision maker, you want to be upfront. You want to be enthusiastic. Yelling the name across the room is a good way to train them, good way to kind of connect with them, giving them a challenge, partner them with someone who's going to make it a race. Yeah. Right? Get that competitive edge. They're going to love, love that. Encouragers, very similar in a sense. Hear the name across the room. You know, give a good conversational topic. Let them run with a conversation for a little bit. You know, make something exciting, but make something easy that they can attend. It's got to be fun. Got to be fun. Yeah. Awesome music, you know, lights, the whole thing. Big, yep. big, big, big deal. The facilitator loved to be part of all that, but not out loud. If you're going to correct them, it's, it's next to them. It's not across the room. Please don't do it like that. But they're going to be very loyal to you, super loyal to you. But make sure that the correction, the conversation is you and them. You and them. They, they can be hard workers. I mean, we got some amazing facilities that crush it here. Oh, yeah. But they don't want the recognition. Nope. They don't. And then the tracker, they're going to want to know that that transverse plane is 135 degrees open rotational lunge. You know, they're going to want to know how much weight to use, when to switch, make sure the clock's at 30 seconds. Switch. You know, those yep. details. The where, what's, why's. The exact, say that again. Where, what, and why. Exactly. They want to know those details behind when you're describing that exercise, when you're just like, why are you doing this funky drill? Because, well, it actually relates to you getting off on a wakeboard, whatever. They love know? to understand what they're doing. Exactly. So those are good ways to coach them. And then also you can take that, that same thing on how not to coach them. But when it's interesting is when you're talking about money. And you're totally talking different ballgame. Totally different ballgame, right? So like you may have that total decision maker at the front desk, oh, excuse me, at the, in the workout, but then go to your front desk and they're talking about their bill. Now they go tracker on, on them. 
Or they're a different person. Yeah, right? And so... Especially having, when things go wrong. Especially... Or, or when they think something has gone awry. Right, right. So it's, it's so, it, so we've been able to, we think, you know, for all of our customers listening, we hope we've done a great job, um, is having that awareness that we have front desk staff that are strong facilitators. Yes. On purpose. <laughs> because they can take that, I'm going to use the word beating because that's not fair because our yeah. clients don't beat up on them, but that... They can take that that heat, and they don't blow it back. No, versus, not at all. Versus our my wife, who also runs in this business, <laughs> she can take that for a good, maybe a, a day, and then she's going to be like, you know what, you can just go somewhere. <laughs> she's never said that, but you know that's what that personality it's would pers- be like, right? It's personal, and then it's offensive, right? So it's kind of interesting as you as an owner, you as a trainer, are you relating to any of this? Is like you know, like yeah, I would, you know, interesting or. Oh, I did make that mistake, or you know, I am crushing it in that particular way. Yeah. So um, it's fascinating who we put in certain roles, and who we realize even having our interns coming in, who are strong facilitators, and we've had a, a, one of oh, gosh, one of my most standout in, um, um, uh, trainers um, interns who we didn't hire, but she figured it out. It's like you know what? I think I'm going to be a great one-on-one coach. Yeah. And she was. Yeah. Because we made her do this global versus local drill. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, man. And it's basically stand in the middle of the facility and yell the ABCs <laughs> as loud as possible. At least that's when I, when I did it. And you people look like mortified. Yep. And you kind of learn real quick that if I'm going to be doing that and yelling throughout every session, how what's your stamina as a coach? Yeah. How many sessions can you do that before you're literally burnt out? Yeah. Well, even if talking about pers- work traits, but even like introverts versus extroverts. Right, right. Right. You could be, you could, or you could be an introverted extrovert, an extrovert introvert. Mm-hmm. And how much does that wear and tear on you as a, as a coach? Like that's it. I think gymnasium has done an incredible job of fitting coaches with their personality types and what kinds of classes that they're coaching. Mm. Cause you can get burnt out on group training because that sucks so much energy out of you. You do have to be, you're the star, you know, and you're, you could be with 18 people or it's much different when you're one-on-one mm-hmm. and you don't have to have that same level of hype. Right. Cause nobody wants to come to a group workout class with the coaches like, Hey guys, this is what we're going to do today. Ready, set, go. Right. Three, like no, two, mo- one, no motivation, job. no motivation. Right. Yeah. Like slow clap. You know, <laughs> solid job, guys. No, nobody's like, I like that class. <laughs> but you want, you know, most people gravitate towards high energy and that's in that regard. But we have plenty of amazing group coaches who don't have that energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they might be less in group and more, in, we utilize them in other specialty areas. Right, which make them even more powerful. Yeah. Even more powerful. And we've had great group coaches who understand that concept of themselves and they go around and they do a lot of localized encouragement. Yeah. And honestly, I don't care if I hear my name over the loudspeaker or you say it in my ear. I'm stoked. Yeah. Thanks for rec- recognizing me. You know? And they have about one or two times where they bring up the volume and then they tuck it down again and they, and they rock and roll. And it's just, you know, in this industry, that's more like a hobby job. How do you build careers in doing this for 30 years? Yeah. 40 years. It's hard. Right. You have to understand that your personality type is, uh, well... Unique. Yeah. And there are ways that we've categorized it. If you've understood personality typing, you understand Myers-Briggs, and they've had 16 different types. Or Enneagram, in a sense, they have nine different types. Nothing wrong with those. We're not, we follow those, too. But it's really cool when you can break down four. Because you understand when that person walks through the door. Yeah. Clean is already right there saying, hmm, how they dressed. 
how they're walking. Seriously. What, is. Are, what, is the, what is the tone of their voice the first time? Eye contact. Eye contact. And we even have it in a system, uh, here's some of our secret sauce, when our front desk even gets an email from them, is it long? Is it short? Is it bullet point? Right? Really how they yeah. even format it. When they get a phone call from them, what's their voice like? And then so we try to communicate that, not to, not to manipulate here, to people listening, but to connect and all the great brands do it. The I certainly know it because um, we've done the training. But the um, uh, four stars, uh, um, not four seasons, but um, oh gosh, what's the top hotel? I'm going blank on this one. Is it Hilton? Not that I know. I want to say the Hilton. <laughs> um, we sent Marriott. Uh, Marriott. No, no, it's not Marriott. No, we got to go like high level, high highest level. Like Ritzy. I don't stay in enough hotels. I guess four oh, seasons. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. Ritz Carlton. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. I've never stayed there before. I want to. Ritz Carlton breaks this down, like how they connect with that with that with that guest. Yeah. And they really get the the finite details. You can do that as a coach. And I believe that your training, your conditioning, your service is gonna stand out crazy, crazy, crazy lots. So much so that we even have mini courses on this. We call it five star customer service and group training one on one. We have these little video sets that we literally open source share exactly what we do, the checklist that we have, the internal classification, even the breakdown of what we just said about our four different personality types, how to train them, how not to train them, and really what you can do to build an operational system around it. Because that's what it really comes down to. You have to repeat this day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. And uh, if you want to check that out, um, go to uh, gymnasioedu.com. Check us out. Give us a call on, on Instagram, wherever the case is. Those are great little mini courses that um, share much deeper dive educational on what we do. So let's end this in kind of this one way. Um, how do you understand behavioral personality types when it helps you with a community and with, a, and with your own personal kind of clients? So group and clients. Let's kind of sum it up. Like how how do you how do you think that these types have helped you communicate to that group and to that one on one to the group client and to the personal trainer? Understanding behavioral types makes you not just palatable but desirable for every single person. You know, there is an aspect of being a coach trainer where you have to sell yourself. You want people to come train with you for your personality type, but. If you want more people to train with you, you have to understand how to inspire, motivate, empathize, um, and have people give you money, <laughs> you know, understanding yeah. how they're motivated, you know, financially, um, to get them to want to come train with you. And that's at the group level, that's at an individual level, you know, I think it's exponentially critical as a, as a coach or a trainer to understand how to identify personality types and how to talk to each person because, I mean, you can handle any situation at that point in time. If you understand somebody's underlying motives and beliefs and what they do and what, especially what they don't appreciate, it makes you such a better trainer. It may, And it makes you honestly have easier conversations. It makes the hard conversations a lot easier and it makes the good times real good times. Yeah. Yeah. And you have that availability to see this is how they're talking to me. And you can put up that, I won't call it, it's a glass wall, you know, where you can go through your day and realize, okay, that this is who I'm dealing with, and I can let that bounce off, off me, or I could absorb it. Because when it bounces off you, it doesn't affect your day 
as much. And when you absorb it, it just lightens it up more and more. And to be able to, what I, I don't know, I always gravitate towards the system of it all, right? You can organize it. You can see it. It's not this just like woo-woo out there. But when you do it well enough, your clients think it's it's magic. It really is. Well, they don't even notice it because it's that good. Yeah. But you can, can, you can be into a room, walk around, connect to five, ten, who cares how many people it is, and know that you've touched each one of their lives in that one hour, that 4% of their day, and we hope it's always the best 4% of their day every single time. And you can rely on it, you can lean back on it, and have something to, I don't know, again, it's that foundational aspect of art. We call it kind of the red, blue, yellows, you know, those primary colors in a sense, those principles of thinking and I don't know, to me, that makes it uh, what makes training conditioning so awesome is it is a science, it is an art, and you can master both of them. You don't just have to be this genius person who can break down biomechanics and da-da-da-da. You don't have to be this awesome entertainer trainer that can only, you know, rah-rah and be on a spin bike, and uh, you can be both. Yeah. And uh, so I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, this is a topic I can dive into a whole lot more, but I think that's a good ending spot. Dialed in on it? Dialed in. Cool. Thanks for hanging out, listening with us. If you have any more questions, reach out to us. Put a comment. Uh, we are geeks about this kind of stuff. And uh, you may want to get into it just for your own personal life because that boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse of yours, um, I think there's a lot more, more to life when you can understand where they're coming from um, more than just where you're coming from. Makes everything easier. You got it. Take care. Cheers. And we'll see you guys soon. Hey, y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness-obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed to the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. We launched this in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor, take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts and use the hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That's hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out gymnazoedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it, and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnazoedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.